Hi, this is Lil Steven from the Disciples of Soul, and we're going to be at the US Festival on the third day. That's the 30th, and we're going to be there at 9 o'clock in the morning. And if you think that's a ridiculous hour, you're right. But we're going to be there that time anyway because we rock 24 hours a day. And so you get there and wake us up, and we'll wake you up, and like that. See you there. Is there anybody alive out there? Hey, hey, I'm Lee McCormick. This is Tramps Like Us at Bruce Springsteen Podcast, episode 102, Reviews, Fall 2020. Don't you love that title? I came up with that on my own. On this show, I'll be reviewing a few Bruce Springsteen and E Street products that I've recently consumed. A book, a CD box set, a film, and a couple new songs. Thanks for listening via the website, TrampsLikeUsPod.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever else you found the show. Stay in touch via the website and Facebook group page, Tramps Like Us, and Bruce Springsteen Podcast. All right, friends, you want some reviews? You want some reviews? I got your reviews. start this review episode talking about this new Bruce Springsteen book, reference book. Let me just say it right now, probably the best Springsteen book ever written besides maybe Born to Run, his own autobiography. This book is absolutely amazing. It's called Bruce Springsteen, All the Songs, the story behind every track, written by Philippe Margotin and Jean-Michel Gouston. This book was brought onto my radar by BJ Cramp, you know him, friend of the show, and he put me in touch with I guess the publishing company and Liz Herman, big thanks to Liz for sending me a copy of this book. It's just amazing. Octopus Publishing. Let me just read this bio behind this great book, The Complete History of Bruce Springsteen's Music. Bruce Springsteen, All the Songs, The Story Behind Every Track by Philippe Margotin and Jean-Michel Gustin, published by Castle. Hits shelves October 6, 2020 in hardcover at $60 US, 65 Canadian. The most in-depth exploration of Springsteen's music ever written. Over 670 pages long, this is the most in-depth study of Springsteen's music ever written. The full story of every single song that the boss has recorded and released during his long and remarkable career. The fascinating insights and detailed information on every track, all the songs, is the complete history of one of the greatest musical legacies of all time. Arranged chronologically by album expert authors Margot Ten and Guzman, explore the details behind early hits such as Blinded by the Light and Spirit in the Night, to masterpieces such as Born to Run, Hungry Heart, Dancing in the Dark, Born in the USA, The Rising, Tucson Train, and more, including outtakes, covers, and rare tracks. Editor Joe Coddington said, Bruce Springsteen is a poet, a storyteller, and the true voice of America, and we are proud to be publishing such a deep dive into his incredible body of work. Jean-Michel and Philippe have poured 
their heart and soul into researching every note of the boss's music, and no stone is left unturned. This book is essential reading for any Springsteen fan. With hundreds of photographs, this is the single greatest record of his music ever produced. Bruce Springsteen has sold 135 million albums worldwide and remains one of the world's most legendary performers. For both the authors, Jean-Michel Guzdin is a musician, composer, and sound engineer with Philippe Margaton. He wrote all the songs, the story behind every Beatles release, and Bob Dylan, all the songs, the story behind every track. He lives in Paris. Philippe Margotin has written many books on music, including biographies of Radiohead and U2. Bruce Springsteen, all the songs, the story behind every track by Philippe Margotin and Jean-Michel Guzdin. October 6, 2020, hardcover, 672 pages. Black and white color photography throughout. Distributed by Hatchet Book Group, Cassell. Cassell is an imprint of Octopus Publishing. So there you go, there's the press release on the book. And I happen to have the book in my hands. Hear that? That's the sound of the book lightly landing on the table. This thing is a massive book. It's the size of a phone book almost, man. Color pages throughout. Uh, just flipping through this. Just so many, lots of photos I've never seen before. Just, uh, man, so much information. It's the kind of book, like if you were doing a Bruce Springsteen podcast, this is the kind of book you'd want by your side for every episode. Man, I wish I had this book five years ago. The information on this is uh, so invaluable. Uh, so yeah, special thanks to Liz Herman for sending out this book to me. Highly recommend everybody checking it out. It's an incredible book, perhaps the greatest Springsteen book you know ever, you know, put together on the man. It's, and it's one of those books where it's it's easy to reference, right? It's not like you're gonna sit down and read it page by page, you know, chapter to chapter. But it's one of those things. I think it's it's a great read while you're listening to an album, right? So put on the Darkness on the Edge of Town record, and then flip to the Darkness on the Edge of Town chapter in this book right and you can go through candy's room right 245 all the musicians on the record recording at the record plant right all the producers genesis on the lyrics right production there's a picture uh, of this girl uh artist uh, karen bahari had a fling with springsteen in the 70s is she candy from the song right all kinds of speculation from the authors little tidbits for springsteen addicts candy is one of the numerous heroines in his songs Bruce Springsteen mentions by their first name is also Wendy, Sandy, Rosalita, Sherry. Right, is a picture of the boss as he launches into a punk solo for Candy's Room in '78.
there's all kinds of great information. It's it's the kind of thing, you know, you put the record on and you want to learn little facts about the songs, and you know, it's it's a, it's it's going to be amazing for that. There's an index at the back for quick quick reference. You know, each song is broken down with production facts, recording dates, you know, where it was recorded, producers, musicians, you know, all that essential minutia that us Springsteen fans need, right? Song lengths, you get lyrical analysis, you know, song meanings, influences, you know, productions, thoughts, fun facts, you know, like I said, great photos, lots I've never seen before, representing the songs and the eras, you go chapter by chapter, just an incredible book. I don't know what else I can say about this book, man. It's just so great. I mean, it looks great, the, the font... It's it's mostly color. I, I'm I was just blown away when I saw this book. You know, I've, you know, and I'm being a music fan. I've got books like this on the Beatles and other artists and stuff like that. But this is just this is amazing, man. These two authors, uh, Jean Michel and Philippe, really uh, really did a great number on this book. With the picture of Bruce, kind of 1984, born in the USA era. We got the American flag sign kind of behind him on the stage there. Uh, great shot of him playing that Fender Telecaster. On the back, we have an we have an early. A uh, photo of Springsteen from the 73-74 era. Uh, we get this little blurb. This is the full story behind every single song that Bruce Springsteen has ever released. Spanning nearly 50 years of albums, EPs, B-sides, and more, all the songs contains fascinating stories and detailed information on every track, arranged chronologically and packed with photographs. This is the definitive story of one of music's greats. Man, it definitely is. It definitely is. And, you know, I really wanted to get Philippe and Jean-Michel on the show to speak with me about Springsteen, speak with me about this book, and you know, I wanted to kind of devote the whole episode to this book and talking to these great authors who put out this amazing, this amazing, <laughs> this amazing book for all the Springsteen fans. But unfortunately, there was a bit of a language barrier with uh, them speaking French and me speaking English. So, what I've kind of done is I, you know, what we had to do it this way. I sent them some some questions that I wanted to know about the book and kind of get some thoughts on them that way. And they kind of and they were able to uh, you know write back some some answers to me and, uh, you know, translate them back and forth. So we're doing it this way, and what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to kind of read back the answers they gave me to my questions. And I haven't read them yet, so this will kind of be the first time I'm hearing them as you're hearing them as well. So first question I posed to Jean-Michel and Philippe, obviously, are you guys big Bruce Springsteen and rock and roll fans, right? Uh, And their answer is Philippe responded, uh, yes, absolutely. I was a student in Paris in 1975. I remember the shock it was the first time I heard Born to Run on the radio. I dashed to a record store in Saint-Germain-des-Prix to buy the album. And back home, I started listening to it, and I did so over and over again. It was completely new, where I'd say it was like the true values of rock and roll were coming back strong. Bruce Springsteen was the Stones, Dylan, and Otis Redding all at once. From then on, I never stopped listening to him, with a preference for Born to Run then, but also for Darkness on the Edge of Town, Nebraska, and his tribute to American folk music that are the Seeger Sessions. Right, Jean-Michel responding to that same question, are you big Bruce Springsteen and rock and roll fans? You know, the same for me was his response, rock and roll is my language, the music of my childhood, and Bruce came in my life too with Bruno Run, but also with Nebraska, the ghost of Tom Jode or his latest albums that I really appreciate. But I think I prefer more his acoustic work than his electric. All right, so next question I posed to the, the fellows was, you know, what was your inspiration to write the book? Philippe responded, Our work is enthralling, can be seen altogether as the work of a historian, a musicologist, and above all, the work of passionate people. After the Beatles, Bob Dylan, the Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, we became interested in Springsteen, who, as far as we are concerned, has entered the very selective club of rock history icons. 
And also, just like Dylan before him, he is an inspired and uncompromising chronicler of America and beyond that of the Western world. Uh, great words. I couldn't have said it better myself. I agree. I agree. <laughs> okay, the next question I asked the guys was, you know, this book is incredibly detailed. I'm sure a ton of research and time went into it. Tell me about your research process. What were your sources? How did you verify the information? Um, fact from friction kind of thing. Philippe responded, as with all the books of this collection, Bruce Springsteen, All the Songs, is the work of a whole year. We based our approach on archives of interviews of Bruce Springsteen himself, interviews of his producers and his musicians. We've had a massive documentation. Then for each song, Jean-Michel and I compare our ideas. Jean-Michel deals mainly with the second part, the recordings, and a lot of technical details related to them. As for me, I deal mainly with the song, its history, its context, its message. So on the one hand, we have purely research work, and on the other hand, our own interpretation. That's cool. And I'm glad that they got both ends, two guys kind of working on this book together. And like Philippe says, you know, Jean-Michel kind of kind of taking care of the, the technical details, whereas, uh, you know, Philippe is kind of uh, able to expand and, and give some meanings behind the lyrics and stuff like that. Really cool. All right, next question. Did you have to get any clearance from Bruce Springsteen and his organization to release this? Philippe responds, no, we feel we must stress that this is not an official biography. Moreover, in this kind of work, the biographical aspect only comes behind the rest. Our approach is an immersion in the work of Bruce Springsteen, both in terms of text and music. Right, so it's uh, not an official biography, but uh, that's that's a good thing, man, because sometimes, you know, the it has to be non-official to, to you know, have it, have the quality of this book. I, I can't stress enough how, how great this book is. You know, oh, man, it's it's something special. All right, next question. Uh, any feedback from Bruce or the E Street Band? Did you send any of the band a book? And Philippe responds, as we are speaking, the book has not been officially published in the United States yet. Our publisher will most certainly send copies of the book to Bruce Springsteen and to the members of the E Street Band. We hope they will enjoy it. I'm sure they will. Like I said, this book comes out October 6th, which is release date for this show. So hopefully those books are on the way to the band and Bruce, and uh, you know I can't see them having a problem with this book. This is amazing. I'm sure there's details and in you know information in this book that even the band members have have forgot themselves. So, man, it's it's a it's I can't. It's an it's an incredible book. All right, next question for the fellows. I'm very impressed with this book. Was the French to English translation ever an issue with the writing? It's unnoticeable. Philippe responds, we write chronologically. Each chapter is then sent to our English language editor, and we would like to take this opportunity to thank him for the translation, which is very faithful to our text. Yeah, like I said, it's unnoticeable. You know, you don't even notice that the language is a, is a, a problem or an issue at all with this book. Next question. There are many great photos in the book. Lots I've never seen before. How did you acquire the photos and make your selections? Response from Philippe, we wanted to choose pictures that were directly related to the text. Then again, we wanted to bring something new. It has been a long but a very exciting work of iconography in close cooperation with our French editor. Yeah, like I said, man, tons of great photos in this book. You could almost, you know, take out the text and just have this as a Springsteen photo book. You know, the photos in this book are so great, so... Yeah, cool stuff. And, you know, it could have left a lot of photos out of this book, and it still would have been a great book. Like I said, the text and the detail and the information, the knowledge in this book is worth it alone. But, uh, you know, all those photos just make it for, uh, you know, a much more enjoyable read. So very, very cool. Very, very cool. Next question. There are rumors of a new Bruce Springsteen album. Are we going to get a supplement or a redux version of this book next year to include that? So, yeah, obviously I... 
I asked them this question before we had any news of the Letter to You album coming out. So Philippe responds, I suppose you're referring to Letter to You, which is coming out in October. I think that indeed we'll be updating the book, dot, dot, dot. All right, so that's good to hear. So with all the news of the new Bruce Springsteen album, it's nice to hear that uh, Jean-Michel and Philippe may be putting a supplemental chapter in this book at some point. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, when you're when you're studying an artist and you want to put together a comprehensive book like this, you know, the artist is still out there creating. So, uh, you know, depending on when the book is released, you're going to have to maybe, you know, uh, supplement some chapters as the artist grows and puts out more work. Right. And finally, the, uh, the final question for the guys. After all this work and research on Bruce Springsteen, are you still fans? Right. Philippe responds, more than ever, every Bruce Springsteen album is an event. Some albums may be artistically a little beneath some others, but they all have their share of outstanding songs, which is the sign of a truly great songwriter. And then Bruce Springsteen sings really well. He is just as great as when he started in the 70s. Jean-Michel also chimed in on this question. Yes, absolutely. Bruce is an incredible human being, a true artist, and in this uncertain and violent world, he remains for me a landmark, one of the last. Man, that's so great. So, uh, yeah, so much appreciation to Philippe and Jean-Michel for giving me some insight on this on this book and, you know, dealing with the English to French translation. You know, lots of thanks to Liz Herman and everybody at, you know, Octopus for sending me a copy of this book. I can't recommend this thing, uh, you know, more uh, just go check it out, man. It's it's amazing. It's like five pounds of a book. <laughs> it's hardcover, great photos, incredible information. And once again, Bruce Springsteen, all the songs, the story behind every track written by Philippe Margotin and Jean-Michel Guzden. Check this book out. Go get it. it. It's worth it. You won't be disappointed. It's one of those books you can keep going back to, keep referencing. It's like a dictionary, man. Every house should have this book. <laughs> rages on. Reagan and Thatcher are still number one, but I'm stuck in Luton. No fun, freedom or future. Javid writes all the time. He's never had a girlfriend before. Is that against your religion? September 3rd, 1987. You've got wham boys, Rama girls, and then there's me. Who here wants to be a writer? The writers that I admire make a difference. Listen, if you want to succeed, do what the Jews do. See, that's a bit racist, Dad. Stay away from the girls. Follow the Jews. Come on, everyone. My family is stuck in another century. You do not know this country like I do. They will never accept you better. That's good to not fit in. This is our table now. Bruce, the direct line to all this true in this shitty world. Seriously, 
Thank me later. I didn't know music could be like that. It's like Bruce knows everything I've ever felt, everything I've ever wanted. That's what you call real music. Springsteen. He's more what your dad listens to. Not my dad. Eliza's very picky on who she brings home. The more provocative, the better. What's provocative about Javed? I want to be a writer. Writing isn't a job. I need you to do more. I can't wait to get away from here. Shazia, he looks like a Pakistani Madonna. When I'm dancing, I block out the world. I know what you mean. If you don't fix this now, we will lose our son for good. You cannot be serious. Bruce sings about not letting the hardness of the world stop you from letting the best of you slip away. I hope to build a bridge to my ambitions, but not a wall between my family and me. The music, the possibilities, I want to taste it all for myself. You still coming to my party tonight? Emma's mates are coming, and I know one who would be perfect for you. Really? She's not fussy. All right, so the next part of this review episode, I'm going to talk about a film that, you know, I probably should have talked about maybe 14, 15 months ago. Blinded by the Light, I finally saw that movie, and I'm here with my good buddy Greg Troyan from Lipstick Generation. What's up, Greg? Hey, you know, always a pleasure being uh, on Tramps Like Us, even to talk about this terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> you didn't like it, eh, man? Okay, so I didn't see it for so long because I wasn't expecting much from this film, okay? And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, okay, I'm not going to... You know, go see it in the theater. I'll wait till I can, you know, see it somehow at home or something like that. And it finally happened, and I watched it, and I was pleasantly surprised, man. You didn't like it, eh? I thought it was, like, well done. Like, the acting was good, and the story was all right. Like, it wasn't, you know, a spectacular blockbuster film. But, I mean, there's so many films these days that are just so bad. I was just like, this, yeah, it was, it was fine. It was fine. Uh, I mean, it had a killer soundtrack. I will give it that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was, um, I was going in actually expecting a pretty good movie. Um, and it was like, you know, something I looked forward to seeing. And, um, I think the fact that, you know, it came out, uh, you know, in the same year as Western stars, uh, in a number of ways definitely hurt this movie because like, oh, like Bruce made his own Bruce movie and it was much better. But yeah, I but this is a I, different thing, man. Like it's a total different right. thing. I, like, I loved the setting, how it's about like a Pakistani family dealing with like uh, you know racism in England in the eighties, yeah. which was like a real thing. And I, I love the realistic flat that they were living in. Like it looked like that. Uh, the interior was like what was that Queen video where they're all like dressed up in that like flat? Was it I, I want to break free? Yeah, yeah. Like, it was just totally like that, you know. And uh, you know, I love there's some moments where this kid is like searching for his personal freedom in within his family, and I love how the the buddy turns him on to Springsteen, and you know he has that a few of these moments where the the you know the lyrics really capture him, right? And I went through that as a young kid, and I you know certain artists and Springsteen specifically, these lyrics spoke to me like the same way that they spoke to him, kind of thing, right? Like the scene where he he, he buys the jean jacket and all that stuff, right? <laughs> like I did that. Like I I wanted to dress like Springsteen at right. one point. I I bought a jean jacket and I was like I had white t shirts and jeans and stuff. <laughs> So my thing with this with this film is that uh, it's it's great on paper 
And the idea behind, like, you know, uh, an angsty teenager, um, you know, discovers the music of Springsteen and it changes his life for the better. Like, that yeah. sounds like a killer movie. And I do like the, uh, the inclusivity of the cast of uh, focusing on racial issues and getting a minority group, which is, you know, Pakistanis, like, um, front and center on the screen where they're, you know, historically underrepresented in uh, major cinema. I, so, like, there's there's a lot of good things going for it, but I think that the um, the film takes a sudden, sharp nosedive once he gets into Springsteen, yeah. and that is uh, heartbreaking to me. Like, he doesn't really learn the right lessons from Bruce's music. He just becomes obsessed and obsessed to a point where it becomes unhealthy. And I think... What do you mean unhealthy? Sort of, I don't think it's unhealthy. The massive amount of time he listens to Springsteen and the fact that he's willing to, uh, like, listen to Springsteen over, like, his relationships and, like, willing to cause this wedge uh, with the family, uh, more concerned with getting Springsteen tickets than, like, being there for his sisters. I think it was his wedding. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, and well, don't get me wrong. like, Well, I totally I identify to to... with that, man, because I would definitely go for Springsteen tickets over my sister's wedding. You know, yeah, I would well, definitely it... listen to Springsteen over, like, some but, sort of family religious you... music. Like, I'm totally, like, that's right, me, but, man. Like, and well, you can Bruce get... would tell you that it's more important to be there for your sister, you know, your blood, nah. to be there for your sister than to get some Springsteen tickets. Uh, because I think he's... He's just becoming – it's something I've noticed in fandom. People get so obsessed with the idolatry that they're missing out on the message of it. And I think that's where the movie um, fell flat for me is that he just became so obsessed with Bruce and wasn't really, like, digging underneath the surface to the deeper messages of Bruce's music. And yeah, so it felt like – you don't like... need to get that message. You can get out of it what you want, man. Like, Springsteen is there. Like, if you want to get a deep message, it's there. If you want to just it, dance, it, it's there too, right? So he can get out like of it what he wants. But his problems would have been answered by a lot of those deeper messages. And so the movie just, like, had this really easy softball yeah, he's a young that it kid, just struck right? like, out on. He's a young kid. Like, when I was 17, like, I wasn't getting the full Springsteen message, right? Like, we've talked many times on this podcast about how sometimes you don't get tunnel of love until you're 30 or 35, right? You don't get Nebraska until you're a bit older. So I totally but I, understand. But what he, it is he never gets it throughout the entire movie. All he gets is the surface level stuff. Yeah, I mean, so we're talking about like appreciation I, for Springsteen feel like vapid and empty. Like it could have been any other artist. It could have been Kiss. It could have been the monkeys, and it no, would have been largely dude. the same movie because he's not no. picking up any true lessons from the lyrics. Oh, come on, man. There's this scene where his, his, he's at home, and his dad gets laid off, and he comes home, and he's just everything is falling apart in his life, and he goes up into his room, and he finally puts on the fucking Darkness on the Edge of Town record, and he goes out into the uh, the parking lot there, and the, the storms are going, and he's listening to the Promised Land, right? And the lyrics are, like, popping into his head, and there's these certain lyrics in this line, like, I want to break free and all this stuff, and... Like blow away all the all this stuff, right? And he's totally like, all these lyrics are finally resonating with him, right? <laughs> I thought it was cool, man. There were moments I thought the acting was good for that. This kid was all right for a teenager, right? I thought the uh, the father and the mother were good. That there's that scene where the father's getting his hair uh, colored by yeah. the by the wife, and he breaks down, and he's just like, I'm I'm, I'm a failure of the, fa the father and stuff like that. And, I was like, oh, I had a tear in my eye there. The scene where the father goes to see the son uh, do the speech at the end, right? And he comes up to him after they've been a little, had a little bit of fight, and he goes, uh, I listened to this uh, Bruce Springsteen. He sings about working hard and, and love for your parents. He must be a good Pakistani boy or something like that, right? And they have a yeah. nice little moment. And then the, the mother where the kid, like, 
sells part of his Springsteen collection to buy back his mother's bracelet. Like, that was sweet, man. Like, there's, so there's some great moments in this movie. The parts I didn't like were kind of like the sing-along things, like the kind of, let's all stop and sing Thunder Road, like, in the market. Yeah, what, what is, <laughs> let's sing this really angsty, angsty song, but treat it like we're in the high school musical movies. We're all dancing and smiling. Yeah, see, that's uh, the stuff that I did uh, was, like, deterred me why I didn't want to see it uh, from the start because I thought it was going to be like these Mamma Mia's like these Broadway shows where they just take uh, some music and sing around it and stuff like that but I don't know it was those moments like the, the Born to Run one too where they kind of put the they hijack the DJ booth and they just like run through the streets and start dancing that's, that, the, that's the first time that's ever happened in a movie that someone took over a radio station and played cool music <laughs> never has that happened in any movie <laughs> That's oh, classic, uh, man. But the thunder, the the father that the father of the uh, synth kid, his buddy there that works in the market, and he's got that bad wig, right? But he's got a couple of good lines when he chimes in with the uh, Thunder Road thing, and he starts singing it with the uh, the British accent. You can hide neath your covers and study your pain, make crosses with your lovers, throw roses in the rain. <laughs> That's pretty uh, kind of funny. Just, <laughs> so you're scared and you're thinking that maybe we ain't that young anymore. Show a little faith, there's magic in the night You ain't a beauty, but here you're alright <laughs> Oh, and that's alright with me <laughs> You can hide neath your lovers and study your pain Make crosses from your lovers, throw roses in the rain Waste your summer praying in vain for a saviour to rise from these streets. <laughs> well, no, I'm no hero, that's understood. All the redemption I can offer, girl, is beneath this dirty hood. With a chance to make it good somehow, hey, what else can we do now? I mean, I like the idea of the, the dad character who's into the cooler, older rock music, so that is cool. And I think the... um the main character's dad and mom were really great in the movie. And I think that the, the main character was good. It's just, I think they were given bad direction. I think the movie came off as really cheesy when it could have had a lot more dramatic weight. And so it just, for, for me, like the film, like completely, completely failed. And it's a bummer. Cause like it's on paper sounds great, but I just, I feel like he, the character didn't learn the proper lessons in the film. I think just, you're a little harsh, man. Like, what lesson is there to be learned? What lesson should he have learned that he didn't learn? So I would say, um, you know, healthy life balance would be maybe one of them. I think he just like... Yeah, but he's on he, the road to that. It ends with him and his father. They've all patched it up and they're on their way to college, right? And he's he's driving by the hill that he looked upon when he was a little kid. And his father's like changing the radio station and his father pops in the the cassette or whatever, born to run, and they're off. It's beautiful, man. So, you know, it's, the, the movie is about the journey to that spot, you know, so... I had a cold heart when I saw it last year, and I think um, I ranked at the bottom of all the films that I saw in 2019. Holy I saw God, like 20 crazy, movies man. that year. <laughs> I mean, look, it's no Frozen 2 or uh, Last or Rambo Last Blood. Like it just. Well, you're half it, right, but. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Frozen 2 is the is the is the magnum opus, but. <laughs> you know what I did notice? A glaring error in that part where they hijacked the uh, DJ uh, booth or whatever, and they put on Born to Run. They pull out like a British copy of Born to Run, I can tell, because it's a CBS label, right? Like in the UK, it's CBS, not Columbia. But it's like the dark red label. It's not the uh, like the orange sunburst label, which was shocking 
Right, later on, he plays Hungry Heart off the river, and it's the proper Sunburst uh, CBS vinyl label, so <laughs> for those people paying attention. Right. I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, if you didn't catch that, what kind of fan are you? <laughs> yeah, uh, sure, sure. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. It, uh, it's a film that uh, I wanted to work for me. Like I, I read the entire plot synopsis before I saw the movie, and uh, I thought that I would like it, and then I saw it. So it's not even like you know I had different expectations. Yeah. You know, maybe the expectations would be like how the characters would interact, and I don't know. He just he got he got a little bit too unhealthy obsessive, um, and like didn't incorporate that into his being enough like he I, it just felt too surface level for me so and it was a bummer because i know it's inspired by a true story um i think racism is bad and bruce springsteen is awesome mm-hmm. so i like that old so guy we, neighbor the old guy neighbor that's like he encourages him for uh, right he finds the poem that was like blown in the uh, garbage or whatever blown around the parking lot and he picks it up and he reads it yeah i mean it's I, like like I said, it's it, it's been uh, a lot longer since I've seen it. I saw it last year, yeah. Um, and so you're you're fresh off it. I have to like I I have to go like digging back through my memories of the film. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. Well, see, there we go, folks. Like you thought you were gonna like it, and you didn't like it. I thought I wasn't gonna like it, and I like it, right? So who knows? Right. Just check it out, man. Well, at least we agree it's got a great soundtrack, right? We yeah, can. I mean, the soundtrack is killer. Yeah, it's and it ends with that. the uh, over the last credits. It's got that uh, unreleased Springsteen song, "I'll Stand by You." Do you remember that one? Uh, I actually this... don't really remember it. Yeah, it, I don't know. You probably left because you probably uh, didn't like the movie. But as the credits are rolling, they play this song, "I'll Stand by You," which Bruce wrote for the one of the uh, one of those fucking Hobbit movies, or was it Harry Potter? One of those kind of. <laughs> kitty fantasy movies, and it, it wasn't used, so he, they, I guess, they repurposed it for that. So that's a kind of cool ballad. Oh, that's that's yeah. interesting. I wouldn't really call, I wouldn't necessarily call the Hobbit movies kids movies, even though the book was intended <laughs> to be a children's book. The way they did those, they made it too dark and gritty, which was why those movies kind of sucked. Yeah, well, I haven't um, seen those, so I'm just you know, speculating and the, here. I mean, and Harry Potter is really coming of age. So, like, by the end of it, they're all, like, 18 years old. So, I don't know if that counts as, like, they start as kids, but then they grow up. So, I don't know if I would count those all as kids' movies. I would count them more as coming of age movies. It's movies for tweens is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's movies for, like, uh, I think they start off, like, age 12 and then gradually get older. So The one scene that really offended me, though, in the movie Blinded by the Light was... Uh... You know the confrontation with the father and the son there, and the and the father rips up the concert tickets. Oh my god! Oh. I mean that. Yeah, that didn't really benefit. That didn't get the money back for the family. That all it did was just like yeah, he's just he's just torturing the son. And I felt that. I felt that. I felt that deep, man. <laughs> I understand it, but the fact that like um, he didn't use the money to help the family. When he knew about the financial plight, I think that is a legitimate character flaw with him. Ah, and it's, dude, if he paid you attention, don't you remember what it's lyrics, like to be seventeen years old? Come on, man, he's never been anywhere in his like life. He wants to see Springsteen. It's his only chance. Come on, man. I, he worked hard. He wrote this article. He got paid a bonus that he wasn't expecting. He's gonna treat himself, man. There's nothing wrong with that. Come on, you're you're a cold man. I would definitely saying, go. How many Springsteen songs are there about Bruce working a crappy job and sacrificing for his loved ones? Yeah, Those are all character interpretations. If Come he was on, paying man. attention to Bruce's lyrics, he would have known that's what Bruce's, Bruce would do. That's what's in the songs. There's nothing wrong so with clearly, doing something nice for yourself. I wanted to like the movie. I wanted to like it, but it just um, didn't work for me. I'm glad it worked for you. 
Uh, but can we both agree that Western Stars is the better film? Yeah, I'll say it's the better film. Obviously, I'm going to go back to that one before I go back to this one. But I mean, it's apples and oranges. I would I would watch this movie with my mom. That would be a nice, enjoyable afternoon. My mom would enjoy this movie, I think. <laughs> All right, so hot take, Craig Troyer, man. Thanks for your opinion. You wake me in the night Do your tears falling down Come let me dry them for you I wish I could tell a story Chase away all those ghosts You got inside of you The story of heroes who fight on At any cost Of a kingdom of love To be won or lost We fight here together Till victory is won I come take my hand Till morning comes Just close your eyes
Steve, and my show, he's a nice boy. Used to go up and down the street all the day singing. Now look at what he's done. Can you believe it? Now he's got these uh, disciples of a soul. They got the schools of the name. Stephen and those are disciples of a soul. You know what they call it the first album? Men without the women. Maro. On records and high quality XDR cassettes from EMI America. band related product that I'm going to review here is a box set by Little Steven Rock and Roll Rebel The Early Work now this box set first was released in 2019 as a vinyl box set I was very intrigued by this came out on vinyl re-releasing all of his uh, solo records as well as four CDs of like unreleased stuff so I love all those outtakes and b-sides and rehearsals and live stuff I just think that stuff's very cool to listen to so but you know I have I have like a bunch of the vinyls already and I kind of wanted the digital because I wanted to be able to, you know, put it on my computer and listen to it digitally and all that stuff. So I was kind of waiting for the CD reissues that were coming and they finally came uh, this year, this summer, 2020, the CD version of the Rock and Roll Rebel, the early work box set. So I got this from uh, youdiscovermusic.com. It was a bit of a pricey item. I think it was 150 bucks was the price tag on this. And shipping from U.S. to Canada is never good, so that was expensive too. But they had a sale going, I think, in July. Maybe it was a July 4th Independence Day kind of sale or something like that. And they had this on sale. It was, uh, I forget the price anyway. But it was a deal. It was, the deal was good enough for me to pull the trigger. And I ordered this sucker up. 
and it was supposed to be released I think July 31st so I had this pre-ordered really excited about getting this now the pre-order they said they shipped it July 31st I didn't get it till like August 30th or something like that it was uh, you know four or five weeks in shipping whatever I'm not gonna complain I still got it in one piece pretty good stuff so box looks pretty good it's a big cube it's a big square box you know very colorful box little Steven rock and roll rebel the early work uh, photo collage on the front uh, so let's just pull out all these records and go by them one by one give you a quick little review of this stuff first one we got is uh, you know little Stevens and the disciples of soul men without women you know packaging is really good on these there's all digi packs great CD this one comes with a DVD the DVD is rock palast you know I love all those rock palast shows for some reason Every band that played the Rock Plus TV show was a German TV show, and they had all kinds of music acts, always playing live. But these bands always get great performances. I don't know if it was the audience or the or something that's the vibe in Germany. You know, the, there's a lot of great shows from the Rock Plus show, and this is one of them. And this record is great. I've always had this one. This is probably my favorite little Steven record. This is the one that sounds the most kind of like rock and soul out of all of his solo records, I think. This is the kind of one Disciples of Soul band record, huge band. Uh, obviously, uh, Dino Dinelli on drums and John Bovroir. Uh The liner notes that I'm pulling out now are kind of a reprint of the album sleeve where you have that photo collage and the lyrics on the other side. Not much to say about that. The live show is good. I watched it. I've seen it before, you know, clips, but, uh, you know, great to own that. So that's a great one. Next record we pull out here is the Little Steven's second album, Voice of America. I think the Disciples of Soul are on this record as well. He would kind of lose the band, I think, after this. So this one we open up, another digit pack, nice fold out. It's got a cool picture of little Steven looking like a cross between Paul Stanley and, and Prince. <laughs> and we're pulling out the, uh, the liner notes here, uh, folded up. I guess these are the lyric sheets. Yeah, we've got a reprint of the lyric sheets. Another cool kind of like eight-panel long poster of Steven looking cool in his cut-off gloves and his bandana and earrings and his eyes closed looking all sexy. And this also comes with a DVD. Uh, I watched a bit of it. I haven't finished this one. But this is another Rock Palast show live at Laurel A. St. Gorhosen, Germany, August 25th, 1984. And, yeah, another great show. This has got that great version of I'm a Patriot where they go right into solidarity. Dino Dinelli laying down some good grooves on that. Princess of Little Italy. Love that song. Angel Eyes. This has got a bonus interview on that one. So, yeah, that's good. Voice of America on CD. And the next one we got is Sun City. Uh, I have this on vinyl as well. Sun City was, you know, I love that song. The rest of the album, not so fond of. I know there's a, what's there's a, what's the other songs on this? There's a Peter Gabriel song that's kind of bad. Yeah, and Silver and Gold, is that like the U2 one? I don't know. Or Bono and Keith Richards or something like that. But opening up the liner notes, another collage, similar to the album, credits. And it was fourth record, Little Steven. Now this is kind of where he's changing a little bit of his sound. He's evolving into more of that kind of uh, 80s, almost like dance rap kind of thing with a lot of heavy reggae groups. He's going a lot more political, getting a little bit away away from the rock and soul. Dino Dinelli's not with him. I think John B. Juarez might, might have moved on by now. But uh, we got the Freedom No Compromise record opening it up. <laughs> Another sexy picture of Steven with his shirt off, looking like Prince Paul Stanley. <laughs> the liner notes, the booklet fold out here. Duplication of the album sleeve, I would assume. This one comes with another DVD. This is the third of three DVDs. And this is a Live at the Ritz show. Almost like a bootleg. 
it's pro shop, but it's not high quality. But, you know, I love bootleg, so it's, it's really cool. It's got a whole new band, Not the Disciples of Soul. Steven's pretty much a solo artist at this point. You know, this show was recorded live at the Ritz, New York City, October 8th, 1987. And this show is uh, noteworthy because for the encore, <laughs> Steven walks out and he's got his arm around Bruce Springsteen, right? So Bruce shows up, crowd goes wild. Right, for Bruce and Steven walking out arm in arm. So Bruce duets with Steven on Native American, which was a song off the Freedom No Compromise record. Bruce sang with him on that. And that's really cool. And then they go right into Sun City. So, you know, those two performances are really cool. And Steven is just crazy at this point, right? The way he's dressing, like I said, the Paul Stanley Prince vibe. He's got feathers. He's, he's just a wild man, right? And Springsteen is, this is 87 Springsteen, so like Tunnel of Love, Springsteen era. He's kind of a little conservative, right? So Springsteen comes out in like some nice black slacks, and he's got his red shirt tucked into his pants. Meanwhile, Steven's got like chains and earrings and feathers, and his pants are all ripped and <laughs> stuff like that. So there's a little bit of a dichotomy there but it's cool you know they get into it and they're singing these songs together and it's just great to see steven and bruce singing again and sun city is special because we all know the original version of sun city with all the other uh, artists singing lines back and forth and rapping but this you just get steven and bruce singing everything back and forth right so steven takes the first half of the verse and bruce will take the uh the second half where he does that line we're stabbing our brothers and sisters in the back right so he kind of hits that that melody kind of on each uh, second half of the verse, which is really cool.
destructive invasion It's old man Ronnie's playing Meanwhile, people are dying They've given up hope This quiet diplomacy Ain't nothing but a joke
love that little bit at the end of Sun City where they're uh, doing a little James Brown living in America. Ah, live in America from little Rocky Four. <laughs> so awesome. Right, and we go on to uh, Little Steven Revolution. Now, this record I had no idea before I got this box set. So, uh, you know, it comes with a fold-out liner notes, lyrics. Yeah, pretty good record. All these records are great, especially the ones that I hadn't heard before. Really impressed with his lead guitar playing that you don't often get to hear in the E Street Band, right? So, next we got the Born Again Savage record. This is a good rock record. This came out in the late 90s. And another interesting band on this is that he's... You know, he's moved away from like the 80s rap and dance and reggae beats. And this is a kind of a full-on rock record, kind of his tribute to the 60s kind of vibe, right? And the band on this is uh, Jason Bonham on drums and Adam Clayton from U2 on bass. So, uh, yeah, that's a good rocking record. And then the last thing you get in this box set, and the big incentive for me buying this box set, is this is four CD bonus track set. I love all outtakes and bonus tracks and rehearsals and live stuff and mixes extended mixes and there's tons of that on this right so you know it's broken down chronologically you know by era first disc is like men without women and before so there's some outtakes on there live stuff rehearsals some of the rehearsals are good because you hear songs like uh, love on the wrong side of town that would show up like on the soulfly record but here you hear little steven's original version like back in the 80s right so that's really cool until the good is gone different version on that brit row version early versions of uh, I've Been Waiting is cool. Disc 2 is Voice of America. Different versions of Vote, the rap version, the, uh, you know, Vote Part 2, Vote That Mother Out single version, all that stuff, right? Some cool live versions of I Don't Want to Go Home. That was pretty cool. I think they mentioned that's the first time they ever played that song. It's really neat. Out of the Darkness single mix. Disc 3 is kind of Sun City outtakes. So a lot of that, uh, this is the, the kind of disc I'm not really into as much because, the, you know, some of that Sun City stuff besides the Sun City song, I can kind of do with it. But there's some extra mixes on there. There's, a, there's a, some cool extra Miles Davis uh, stuff on that song that he plays. Uh, the Struggle Continues, I think it's called. And then the last of the outtake discs, disc four, Freedom No Compromise, Revolution in Later Eras, different mixes of Bitter Fruit. R&B mixes. There's a cool solo acoustic version of It's Been a Long Time, and that's the last track on disc four, so, you know, a really cool way to close out this box set. But the one big problem I have with this box set, I tell you, is that I opened up this four CD bonus track set, and there's this slot, right, where you would have the booklet. Now, it was advertised that the booklet's got all these new liner notes written by little Steven himself talking about these songs, but I go to look in this pocket, and there's nothing there, man. There's nothing there. Even right now, I'm looking to see, did I miss it? Did I miss it the first time, right? So I didn't get the booklet included with my set. I don't know how that happens, man. But, uh, you know, I sent an email to youdiscovermusic.com, and they said they would find a booklet to ship to me or they would refund my money. And it's been like three, three or four weeks now, and they followed up two weeks ago saying that they're still on it. So I don't know. That's disappointing. So we'll see how that turns out. I'm either going to get a booklet in the mail or I'm going to get a refund, but, uh, you know, overall, besides that little snag, it's a really great box set. Check it out, man. This is a good box set if you want to dig into some of Little Steven's solo work, kind of everything in the 20th century. A lot of things I hadn't heard before. Little Steven, Rock and Roll Rebel, the early work from Universal Music and Wicked Cool Records. Lives in a time in a world of Making up the rules as we 
tried to summon all that my heart finds true and send it in my letter to you So this final review of this review episode we're going to do is on a couple of new Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band songs. Yeah, that's amazing. I just said it. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, this is really exciting that we got a couple of new Springsteen songs. And not only are they new Bruce Springsteen songs, but they're new Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band songs. I love that band, and I'm so glad to hear Bruce kind of returning to that old E Street Band sound like I know we've heard you know, some E Street Band records over the last 20 years. You know, Wrecking Ball, I guess, was probably the last one if we don't count High Hopes in there with some outtakes and some odds and ends and stuff like that. But, you know, you know, there's a different sound to Wrecking Ball than the, 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 e Street, the classic E Street Band records. The same goes with Magic. Magic was kind of a close kind of return to that E Street Band sound, I think, in the 2000s. But it still had a, you know, a new millennial sound to it kind of thing. And But these new songs, Springsteen dropped... This new song, Letter to You, on September 10th, there was a rumor of the album, there were some pictures leaked a few days before, but then finally we got the official word and the song came out as a, the new single off the forthcoming album, Letter to You, to be released on October 23rd, and this was an amazing thing in that it's an all E Street Band record. And, you know, the thing that's cool about it is, you know, the, the story that it was recorded live in the studio within about five days. I think that they actually recorded it in four, and the fifth day was just them sitting around listening to it and realizing that they don't have to do anything else because everything was great, right? So, you know, a lot of stuff was recorded, first takes of these songs, everything was live off the floor, and it really shows from these two first two singles that were released on the album. A quick review on these singles. First one, Letter to You. Wow, man. So the lyrics, I guess, are kind of Bruce speaking to someone. It could be a lover, it could be your friend, it could be a listener, a fan, or an audience member kind of thing. And he's there's some compassion from the narrator. He's trying to communicate from his heart and soul, putting it all in this letter to you, right? This is an artist delivering his message in this letter to the listener, to the audience, to a lover, to a friend kind of thing. Like a lot of Springsteen songs, you can kind of interpret them different ways. You know, you could sing this towards a lover, towards a friend. But I think, you know, being that this is an album that we've been waiting for for a long time, and in the last kind of five years of Springsteen's career, he's been kind of reflective. This song kind of speaks 
as a letter to his audience, you know, a song for his audience, something that he's speaking to the audience about, like his fans kind of thing, right? So, you know, giving that someone that true message from the heart, you know, made from ink and blood, you know, the self-exploration, revealing to that audience member that, you know, there's fears and doubts in his life and he's putting that all into the letter to you. All the things that he found out that were true, he's putting them in this letter to you, right? So, you know, cool song. You got that trademark E Street Band sound on this with the guitar and the piano. We switched to the minor chord on the chorus, which is kind of cool. A lot of emotion in the song. I kind of got like a Land of Hope and Dreams vibe with the drums and everything, but in that switch to the minor chord on the chorus really hits me. That's where the emotion kind of takes over good production like i said the band live in the studio i love that stuff the video that was released along with it kind of has a lot of making of footage i hope all that stuff gets released uh, eventually uh, you know i love seeing bands in the studio creating music and stuff like that all the behind the scenes stuff so i believe there was a lot of stuff shot by tom zimney which is included in this video and hopefully a long form thing will be released eventually you know, you get a lot of acoustic guitar in the first verse, then Max brings the band in with a nice cool drum sound, and then right there we have that E Street Band sound, right? Cool little guitar solo in the middle where we have, uh, you know, Bruce kind of doing his kind of Dwayne Eddy kind of uh, reverb sounding stuff with some organ flourishes there in between, really cool. And uh, yeah, great song, man. The realization that this, this the artist in the song, the narrator, he has these dark nights and uh, the mornings of blue right <laughs> and that's when he has these uh these uh revelations and he puts it all in this letter to you right aka the songs for us so uh yeah man good good lead off track title track to letter to you yeah i'm really looking forward to the album and, and like i said you know the e street band sounding great on this everything recorded live in the studio i think that's really gonna make this really something special who's the you in letter to you it's you that's who it is. <laughs> the you in letter to you is you. This place where we recorded the album and where we are shooting this session is my house. This is my garage where my cars are. Now there uh, the cars over here and there's cars over there but in the middle there is a studio to make rock and roll music so that's about as perfect a setup as i can imagine so <laughs> that's why i love it here we haven't made a rock band a street band record in a long time Fine. well it's the band playing completely live in the studio I'm not sure if we ever did it because it's totally live, including all the vocals, first take. It sounds current, and yet it sounds very much like the E Street Band. There's a focus on keyboards. Uh, Jake came in and did a beautiful job with the saxophone. And the, just something about the way the material is constructed and the emotional construction of the songs, you know. Did it in five days, came out great. Hope you're gonna like it. I hear the sound of your guitar. Alright, and then a second single came out, I guess, two weeks later. It's different these days the way artists are releasing singles. And, uh, you know, before it would be, you know, put the record out and a single at the same time and then wait six weeks and then put out another single. But, uh, 
You know, he dropped another single two weeks later, September 24th, Ghosts came out. And this song, Ghosts, seems like a salute to past bandmates, right? Possibly the Castiles, his first band. And I think, uh, you know, all those members of that band are gone now, except for Bruce. Bruce is kind of the last man standing in the Castiles. He's the last living member. So, you know, its song can kind of read as a tribute to his past bandmates, as well as obviously Danny and Clarence from the E Street Band. A heavier groove on this than Letter to You. This is more of a rocker. It's kind of got that river vibe. You know, great lyrics. Uh, you know, first uh, first uh, lyric of the song, I hear the sound of your guitar, right? Uh, I love that line that comes later. Shoulder your Les Paul and I finger the fret, right? Turn up the volume, let the spirits be my guide. Some of the backstory on this that I've read is that fan gave Bruce Springsteen a guitar at one of the Broadway shows. And, you know, Springsteen just kind of had it laying around and he picked it up one day and all these songs kind of came out of him and he wrote them all on this guitar that that fan gave to him right came to him very quickly you know this one obviously you know a song about carrying on the legacy of rock and roll after fellow soldiers have passed on right how beautiful is that <laughs> right and you know another song where the e street band's taking a big role in the arrangement the sound the live recording playing a big part one story i heard was that bruce went to roy and he said you know i have some new songs uh, for the band and Roy kind of stressed like don't make demos just kind of play them for us in the studios and let the band kind of take hold of them and, and shape them that way and Bruce went along with the idea uh, recording them live and I think that really plays a part to some of the sound on this song specifically a little bit of the vibe like uh, we take care of our own off a of wrecking ball with that kind of drum intro a solid chorus on this with the I'm Alive pre-chorus where he's I need, need you by my side uh, so great, right? Steven Van Zant on the backgrounds. I hear a little Steven on that. Sounds so good, right? There's a little uh, breakdown on the last verse where there's a little piano thing. Roy Bitten doing his East Street Band vibes. So it's really cool. You get a count in. One, two, one, two, three, four, right? That's going to be a great sing-along when we hear that one live. Some sax on the outro. Yeah, man, another good tune. I can't wait for the album. I can't wait to hear these songs live. These songs sound like they were recorded to be played live. And, uh, you know, I can't wait till we get to see these live on stage, you know, performed by the E Street Band in a stadium with 20,000 Bruce Springsteen fans singing along. You know, new Bruce Springsteen music is always an event. I can't wait for this album. It's going to be great. Letter to You, October 23rd.
Ghosts. Really dig that song. Looking forward to the full album. Thanks to Greg Troyan for joining me on the Blinded by the Light segment. And thanks to you for listening. Talk with you next time. So, that's the show, folks. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website at TrampsLikeUsPod.com. Communicate with us on Facebook at our Tramps Like Us podcast group page. Tramps Like Us podcast is a nonprofit audio fanzine created by fans for fans and is available for free. We are not affiliated with Bruce Springsteen or Columbia Sony Records. If you've heard any music you like, please find it and purchase it from BruceSpringsteen.net, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to Bruce Springsteen and all past and current members of the heart-stopping, pants-dropping, hard-rocking, booty-shaking, earthquaking, love-making, Viagra-taking, history-making, testifying, death-defying, legendary E Street Band. Not the sort of shite my son sits listening to in his room. Now look, you're a clever boy. Educate him. He's beyond help. He thinks synths are the future. (laughs) (laughs) He's a handsome boy, he's not happy. Look at him. Oh, here we go. Look, son, don't get the ump just because your mate's got taste in music. Thanks for standing up for me, mate.